Let's get some coffee. This is the Overland Voice. Okay, so today let's talk about obedience and what it looks like to obey God. Because I feel like a lot of times in our Christian walk, it seems like um, that we're trying to just like do things in life and hope that we're on the right path and hope that the Lord is okay with what we're doing. And I feel like that's probably not the most efficient way to approach obedience to the plans of God and to the purposes of God. Um, It just doesn't have to be that hard for me. Um, There are so many uh, examples in the word of God of lives lived in obedience Um, to God, to his word, to his commands. Um, And obviously that takes faith. It takes faith to to follow the plan of God and to to say yes to that plan. Um, But it is possible to develop um, an intimate relationship with God uh, where he can just lead you, where you're not guessing at life and hoping that you're doing the right thing. Um, Just let him lead you in that. So let's start with a bad example of that. (laughs) That's one of my favorite things to do. Like, what am I supposed to do? Let me look at what not to do. Because I know in the house that I grew up in, as the youngest of five children, I learned quite often what to do by not following the examples of my older siblings who were doing something wild and crazy. So let's look at that. We have access to that in the word of God as well. So let's let's start with Saul. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 15. Um because Saul is a great example of just of just what not to do. Um All right, let's just read. Let's just read. 1 Samuel chapter 15. I'm going to read out of the ESV to start. Let's roll with verse one. And Samuel said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, Israel. Now, therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have noted what Amalek did to Israel in opposing them on the way when they came up out of Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and devote to destruction all that they have. Do not spare them but kill both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. All right, so Samuel comes to Saul and tells him in detail what the Lord said. There wasn't anything that was very confusing about that command. Like Samuel's like, Saul, go to Amalek, kill everybody, kill everything that is alive. Um, great. It's really nice when you have a clear plan from the Lord like that, when you have a clear word from the Lord like that. And I mean, this is Old Testament. We are in 2021. We have the entire word of God at our disposal, at our fingertips in various forms. You want a hard copy Bible? You can have a hard copy Bible. You want a Bible app? You can have a Bible app. You want to listen to it audibly? Period. We have the word of the Lord crystal clear, sitting in front of us at all times. 
And then the Lord still graciously sets leaders up in our lives to help lead us and to help guide us and to help us uh, follow the plan of God. How nice. All right, so let's look at, let's scroll down to verse seven. Okay, so Saul has his plan. Let's see what he does. And Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havilah as far as Shur, which is east of Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and devoted to destruction all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatted calves and of the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. All that was despised and worthless, they devoted to destruction. Okay, so nothing was unclear about what Samuel said to Saul, right? Go in, kill everybody, kill everything, come on back home. And what does Saul do? He goes and he says, you know what? We're not going to do that. And the people, I love, I love how verse nine emphasizes that the people didn't want to do this. They were unwilling to kill the best of everything and kill the king. So it wasn't just Saul. Um, but Saul was in charge. Saul was the king. Like at what point at any time in the Old Testament do we look and see what kings were doing and the people didn't follow? And it was just like, okay, it's fine. Go do whatever you want to do. Um, so Saul, you know, I'm sure, and we'll see later, Saul loved to throw that off on the people. The people didn't want to do the thing. Um, and that that is a key thing in obedience. Understand that your obedience to the plan of God doesn't just affect you. Whether you want to be or not, God has anointed you to be a leader. If you are a part of this organization, if you are a part of Overland Missions, guess what? You are a leader, friend. You are going to have people who are under you in one way or another, who are looking to you, for example, who are looking for you to be an example of godly life that are looking to you for answers in the word of God that are looking to you just to see how people are supposed to act. Um, that is your portion. So bless the Lord for that. You can thank him for that. You are a leader, whether, whether you feel like you're one or not. Okay. Let's look back at the word. So Saul disobeys and then Samuel comes back around. Um, so verse 10, the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And in the New King James, um, it says, I greatly regret. This is God, God talking to Samuel. I greatly regret making Saul king. The end of that verse, verse 11. And Samuel was angry and he cried to the Lord all night. And Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning. And it was told Samuel, Saul came to Carmel 
and behold, he had set up a monument for himself and turned and passed on and went down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul and said to him, Blessed be you to the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Which was a lie. Okay, verse 14. And Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of oxen that I hear? Saul said, they, Saul uses they a lot, like throwing it off on the people. Like I was trying to follow the Lord, but these people, Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord, your God, and the rest we have devoted to destruction. All right. Verse 16. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop. I will tell you what the Lord said to me this night. And then he said to him, speak. So Samuel, <laughs> Samuel was done with it. Samuel hears from God and he's, he's done with the excuses. He's tired of it. And he's like, I'm going to tell you what the Lord said. Verse 17. And Samuel said, though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head? Of the tribes of Israel, the Lord anointed you king over Israel. And that was really powerful to me. Are you, are though you are little in your own eyes? And listen, friends, it it is imperative that you keep an understanding of who you are in Christ at the forefront. Of your mind, you need to keep it alive in your spirit at all times. Because if you forget who you are, if you forget what the blood of Jesus has purchased for you, if you forget that you have the spirit of the living God on the inside of you, the devil is going to eat your lunch. Why? Because when you don't remember who you are, when you don't understand the authority that you have, you're going to start making decisions on your own. You're going to start making decisions out of your emotions. You're going to start making decisions and making plans out of your five senses rather rather than just following the word of the Lord. And you cannot afford to do that. This is not a pick and choose, do whatever I want to, and I hope it works out life that we are living. We are following the plan of God. Understand who you are. Reread through your notes for AMT if you need to. You know, a great book. If you don't understand the authority that you have in Christ, The Believer's Authority by Kenneth Hagin. Pick it up, read it. Download a book, whatever. Read through it. But you have to remember who you are. Just remember, remember that voice of a, Mufasa and the Lion King, remember who you are. Just like that. But you have to. Okay, verse 17 again. And Samuel said, though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel and the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go devote to destruction the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey 
the voice of the Lord. Why did you pounce on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and I have devoted the Amalekites to destruction. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, and the best of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Intense, my friends. That's intense. So let's start where? It was evil. In the sight of God. For Saul to say. Here's here's your plan. It was evil for him to say to Saul. Here's the plan that I have for you. And Saul went and did his own thing. Saul went and did his own thing. But. He didn't totally do his own thing. He did go. He did destroy most of the Amalekites. He listened. Partially. He followed the plan a little bit. He didn't completely go off. And we do that with God. We listen to plans in part and we'll, we'll take key parts and, and it's fine. Like we'll do the big things that God is asking us to do. And then it comes down to the little details and we're like, you know what? It's fine. I can take it from here. Like I, I get the big picture now, Lord. It's fine. Like I, I got it. From here, and we will make our own plans and we will do things the way that we think they need to be done rather than continuing and what the Lord has asked us to do, or rather than asking the Lord what we should do with those details. And honestly, how, how arrogant of a thing is that? As if the plan of God is not already perfect. As if we could take the plan of God and tailor it in a way that would make it better than what it already is. It's not the all the way disobedient. Yeah, you know, Saul didn't. He didn't all the way disobey. But that. I didn't all the way disobey. Got Saul rejected from being king. Don't let little things, don't let partial obedience in your life make the Lord have to remove you from the position that he has given you. Make him have to choose somebody else to be put in a position that he anointed you to be in. Because you only wanted to partially obey. God is not bartering with you, my friends. You don't get to pick and choose what what commands you obey and what you don't. You don't get to pick and choose 
plans for your life. You, you gave him your life. In whatever fashion that looked like, whether you were in your room by yourself, whether you were at an altar, you said to the Lord, you can have my life. And when it's his, you don't make plans because you don't belong to you. That's not your right. You have to learn the voice of the Lord for yourself. You have to learn the word of God for yourself to to get those plans. If you don't know what's in the word of God, if you don't know what already the plan of God is for your life, then certainly you can't expect that you will know what's not in the word. First Timothy, second Timothy, I like. Second Timothy, which I love so, so much. And not like a verse that people don't know by any means. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 15. And I love it. I love it. I grew up in a King James church. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll read this to you in the King James, but second Timothy two fifteen study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you need a direction in your life, if you need a plan from the Lord, get in the word of God. Get get what the known plans of the Lord are first. And if there are things that, you know, you can't open your Bible and learn, should I form this relationship with this person? Do, do I go and pioneer in this area? Like the Lord, I feel like the Lord's telling me to work here. Like if you need specific directions, then fast and pray about it. I know like fasting, I don't know how often we talk about fasting. We should probably talk about it more, but that's a whole different message. We're, we're talking about obedience today. But take some time, fast, shut the things down. Get in the word, get in prayer and get a plan from the Lord. Don't be in the middle of some project and then decide to ask the Lord if that's okay. That's not how it works. The Lord's plan is going to be perfect from the beginning. Why why would you try to come up with something and then hope the Lord will bless it later on? And yes, he loves you and the Lord can sort out all sorts of messes. Because we do get ourselves into tremendous messes when we make our own plans and not just follow the plan of the Lord. But when you when you start there, when you start in the spirit um, and when you make decisions with the heart of the father attached to them, you can do them and follow through with them regardless of emotion that may be attached to it. Because the Lord's going to give you a plan sometimes that that is hard. And it is going to make your flesh want to buck and fight back at you plenty of times. But you shut that thing down. I love fasting. Let me give you an example. I'll tell on myself so I don't have to tell on anybody else. But just an example of not of submitting your plans to the Lord, not bartering with the Lord. When um, I remember the day. And I'll never forget it. Crystal clear, because I remember exactly how crazy I felt. Um, 
But it was the day that I knew that the Lord was calling me to full-time ministry. And, and I, I mean, I got saved and filled with the Spirit when I was nine years old. I have lived my life following the Lord to the best of my knowledge, the best of my ability, and, and hearing the, the voice of wise counsel in my life. But I was sitting in my second year of Bible school, second year, you know, still had no intention of being in full-time ministry. And it gets to one of those times in a service where it's like consecration. I mean, in just the holiness of God is, has filled this room. And, oh gosh, and I remember Pastor Rodney standing there and he was like, the Lord is calling people to full-time ministry. And if you feel like that is you, then I want you to come up here. And in my head, I remember sitting and thinking, not today. Nope. We're good. And I'm thinking these thoughts as my body is walking to the front of the church. And I'm like, what are we doing? Where are we going? What, what is happening? You know, cause when, when you submit your life to God, when you stay in the spirit, you know, the, your, your flesh has to follow. So, so my, my spirit and my body were, were on the course. My soul was freaking out. Um, and so I remember standing there and I was just like, oh gosh, what, what is about to happen with my life? And I said to the Lord, okay, I will, I will be in full-time ministry if you want me to be. And then here it comes. But I do not want to preach to Christians for the rest of my life. You know, cause I grew up in a church where the same speakers cycled around and preached the same message every year. And I was not interested. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to just preach to Christian people and, and make messages that would fall on dead ears and hardened hearts. And, and I really think the Lord, when we do things like that, just sits and laughs. How could he not when we say things and think somehow that we have plans that are better than his. Um, and look at my life now. <laughs> it's really funny because 95% of my time is spent ministering to Christian people, is spent ministering to our teen, is spent ministering to our students. And, and yes, I have plenty of opportunities where I'm able to, you know, do street evangelism or be out in the bush when I'm in on trips every year and I get to preach the gospel to people who haven't heard of Jesus. And it's amazing. And it's such an honor and I love it, but it is no less an honor to pour into his people, to build people up, to further their knowledge of who he is, to, to believe in people until they can believe in themselves. But I had my own plan, you know, and, and it came with conditions that the Lord ignored thoroughly. But you know what, that, that is what obedience looks like. It, it's as simple as just saying yes to the plan that God already has. Um, just saying yes to the plans that God has already laid before you and doing that without condition and doing that without feeling like you need to add or take anything away from the plan of God 
And the Lord will honor you in that. I know it is not always easy to say yes. I mean, look at look at Abraham. Look at the disciple who Jesus walks up to and just says, follow me. Um, I'm sorry. What? What? What are we doing? Where are we going? It was a wild three years that the disciples went on with Jesus. They had no idea what they were getting themselves into. If some of them knew what they were getting themselves into, they probably would not have followed the first time he asked. But they said yes. And here we are, thousands of years later, because of their yeses. So so just say yes today. Take some time if you need to. Spend time in the presence. Get in the word of God. Fast and pray and get a plan from the Lord and follow it and follow it hard. And we are with you. We are with those yeses. Follow the plans that if you don't have a plan and one of your leaders gives you a plan, trust that they heard it from the voice of the Lord. And they're not just trying to ruin your life. I am not an office person. Personality wise. It's irrelevant. Because the Lord gave me a plan. And he gave my leaders a plan and I followed it. And it is the most amazing thing that I've ever experienced in my life. I don't need to add anything to it. I don't need to take anything from it. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything because I didn't do what I thought was the best thing. I just said yes. So do that today. Thanks for listening. Join us again right here for Coffee and the Overland Voice. Check, please.